You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. I got this gig because I was talking to Katie John about the only time I'd ever been in hospital and told her the story that when me and my brother decided to play Assassinations. <laughs> Katie said, that's perfect for a true story's life sometime. Katie told Lucy, Lucy forgot, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've done True Stories Live a few times now, might even be seven. I've lived a lot longer than most of you here, and so I've probably got more stories to choose from, but I reckon I've already told all the big ones. So this is a short story collection of They Couldn't Make It Up. Five stories, in fact, of two minutes each. Those unexpected surreal happenings or sights that stop you in your tracks... You look around and your head fills with that talking head's lyric, how did I get here? (laughs) And yet the assassination story doesn't seem to fit in here somehow. Let's see if there's time at the end. If not, we'll save it for another day. (laughs) So five short stories and they're all color coordinated. Snapshots in number one, orange. Number two, bright blue. Number three, orange and bright blue. Number four, black and white stripes. And number five, back to blue. Situations and visions that are so odd. Surrealistic art in real life that makes you rub your eyes. Okay, number one. I'm a cartoonist and illustrator, which means I spend a lot of my time, solitary desk time. So I've always put one day each week aside to volunteer somewhere crowded with people. On Mondays when I lived in London, I was at the zoo for 15 years. I worked in the Bug House, a beautiful, modern, fit-for-purpose exhibition hall filled with gorgeous things like leafcutter ants, dung beetles, praying mantids, diving beetles, and huge, great, hairy spiders. (laughs) Next door to a massive Edwardian birdhouse, inside a collection of ornate, giant, gilded cages. Quite rightly, London Zoo decided to upgrade this building and turn it into a richly planted walkthrough where the public can stroll along paths and the birds, hummingbirds, are flying free. The large cages are removed and the building completely ripped out. All that was needed now was it to be fumigated to get rid of any infestations that might be detrimental to the new exhibitions. This was done and the building shut down completely for four days for the pest control to complete its job. I was giving the spider talk in bugs when my friend Craig said, when you're done, come and see the birdhouse. This huge empty area, cast iron ornate support arches, the sun coming through the skylights, and the whole room was aglow, a bright, bright orange. It was stunningly gorgeous, Crisp, tiny, golden autumn leaves. 
making Ai Weiwei's work of art when he filled the turbine hall at Take Modern with tons of handmade ceramic sunflower seeds look decidedly clunky. This birdhouse glowing and glistening, reflecting the sun of thousands and thousands, ankle deep, beautiful, but incredibly horrible, dead cockroaches. <laughs> That's the orange story. <laughs> Number two, the next high art surreal moment, this time in bright cobalt blue. I also hold a teaching certificate, and when the illustration work dries up, I become a supply teacher, an art teacher first, but also literacy, numeracy, and life skills. This story is in Norwich Prison. The education block is separate from the main prison, and the class next door has already started, but my group hasn't been cleared from the wing to arrive just yet. I needed a key for the art cupboard and the other teacher must have it in her keeping. A lot of the men in custody have families and small children at home. They like to hand over a small present of some kind on visiting days. So this class, soft toy making, was very popular. Indeed, you had to earn your place to get into it. The tutor was an elderly lady who was so thoroughly respected, but even so, she had to be eagle-eyed. She had to count on every pin, every needle, every pair of scissors, and count them all back in again before the men go back to the main landings. I went to ask her for the key I needed, knocked on the door and went in. The peace and contentment in that room was so obvious, a large table, at least 10 men sitting around quietly immersed in their work, a mountain of blue fun fur fabric in the centre, the men reaching into the pile and cutting off pieces of material. A small window was open, the air was alive, filled with swells of bright blue fluff, fluff absolutely everywhere, on their uniforms, in their hair, in their beards, what the... Yes, they were making Smurfs. <laughs> <Just a laughs> That's the blue story. <laughs> Third snapshot of real-life surrealism. I lived in London for 22 years. Again needing money, I got another teaching job at Poplar College in East London in the building and construction department. Canary Wharf was being built and a lot of labourers from around there, Wapping, Bow and Bethnal Green, were being taken on and trained up. The company noticed that there was a lot of expensive materials being wasted, workers not being able to estimate how, many, how much wiring they needed, didn't know or forgotten how to work out areas and order the right amount of ceiling panels, how many floor tiles, etc., etc. I was taken on to teach... I'll refresh very basic maths, how to convert imperial to metric, how to change decimals to fractions, that kind of thing. I'm no whiskered mathematician, but I could do this, so I became a maths teacher, a different class of 15 workers each week, and taught these basic necessities. The strange part of the construction department of the college was that it was situated in the abandoned poplar swimming baths. 
obviously emptied of water. My below-ground classroom was in the showers, obviously turned off. <laughs> there were glass bricks for the ceiling. Daylight came through and you could see the shapes of people walking overhead. Nothing specifically revealing. That's not the point of this story. <laughs> no, the surreal snapshot here is in the emptied swimming pool itself with a sloping tiled floor, brick-laying students had to climb down into the pool. And on this occasion, I've been learning to make brick arches, round arches, gothic arches, and the pool was full of them, perhaps 20 gorgeous ornate garden walls, terracotta red bricks in elegant loops and curves set against and reacting with the stunning turquoise of the swimming pool tiles. That takes your breath away. <laughs> That's the orange and blue story. Story four. I'm gay, and around 1996, I volunteered as a fundraiser for the AIDS helpline, collecting money for research. Arrangements had been made in London theatre land that we could collect money at the end of theatre performances for one night. We were a little army, and each of us was allocated a theatre and a time each particular play was to finish. Some people got all the fabulous shows and made a night of it, getting a free show before starting to collect money. I was given a Noel Coward play, Private Lives, at the Strand Theatre, now the Novello, in the Aldwych. They allowed me to see the last act. It was Joan Collins and Kevin ba Keith Baxter, sorry, Keith Baxter having a posh shouting match. <laughs> Disagreeable pig, you spiteful little beast. <laughs> But they, were dressed in, but they were dressed in black and white art deco gear. Just before the curtain, I took my place at the bottom of the stairs of the Grand Circle and waited. The audience came drifting out and I got a few pound coins and a few scowls, but nothing special. But then it happened. A gasp and a hush fell on the descending guests as Joan Collins, her very self, still in a costume, came gliding over to me and said in a very soft voice, words I shall never forget, have you got another bucket, sweetie? <laughs> Luckily, I had. So we stood at both sides of the sweeping staircase and money just flooded in loads of the stuff. Afterwards, JC sauntered away in her black and white floating culottes and gave a little backwards wave. The collection point for all the theatre money was in the Adelphi Theatre in the Strand. I had to carry two heavy buckets of money about 200 yards down the Strand. As I was passing, where's the other page? <laughs> As I was passing Stanley Gibbons' stamp and uh, coin shop, there was a voice from the doorway. Excuse me, have you got any spare <laughs> <laughs> Now, honestly, I couldn't stop and give her anything, but on my, on my return after dropping the buckets off, I promised I would give her some of my money, but she'd gone. Finally, another London story. In 1995... Oh, that was the black and white story. It's not very black and white. Okay. <laughs> In 1995, I managed to buy a little house. It was in Tottenham, just off the Seven Sisters Road. I soon found out that a famous lesbian poet stroke writer lived in the house directly across the road from me. This person turned out to be Jackie Kay. 
You might know her work, a novel entitled Trumpet at the time, and she was working on the biography of Bessie Smith. I got to know her very well. She's a lovely person, and, we, and she was excited because she'd just persuaded her new girlfriend to move in with her. Her partner is also a writer and a poet, and when she arrived, I helped to carry things into the house. There was a lot of stuff, and some of the things Jackie already had, and so were doubled up. I'd just moved into my house not that long before, and so Jackie showed me the things that they had two of, and would I like any of them? I chose a large record rack kind of thing for my vinyls and a blue bread bin. <laughs> well, it turns out <laughs> Jackie's girlfriend was, I know she wasn't the poet laureate then, but definitely became the poet laureate a little later on. She was Carol Ann Duffy. Dear people, you are looking at the poet laureate's <laughs> bread bin. And what do I keep in it? It's in my bathroom. <laughs> no, disres no disrespect intended. Thank you. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.